0: This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why
1: each one of us are here.
0: And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me, as always. The 2020 Positional Preview Show's are continuing this evening and I'm running a little bit of solo pod this episode talking about the 2020 tight end class. If you have missed any of the last four podcasts, I strongly urge you to go back and check them out as Matt and I did two podcasts on the quarterbacks, two podcasts on the running backs. Matt will be back with me to have two episodes breaking down the in-depth really deep wide receiver class. But this evening, I'm going to rattle through the 2020 tight end prospects, what I thought about them, their strengths, their concerns, where they're functional and developing areas, maybe what their NFL role could look like, some scheme fits for them, and NFL draft and projection grade as well. Overall, I think it's an intriguing class. I don't think we have the top level talent like we had last year with TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fan going in round one and then Irv Smith. You know, in collection of other guys going on night two. I do think we have one or two guys though that could maybe push for back end around one. I think we got a lot of guys that could push for day two. So I think it's an intriguing class. I just don't think it's, it's top heavy in terms of elite level talent that I think we saw last year with Hawkinson and Fan. But I do think there's a lot of room for growth on a lot of these players. So I would not be surprised if some could emerge as maybe late, uh, round one prospects, uh, in what appears to be a very deep draft next year. So it's going to be a really exciting to kind of see what tight ends emerge, you know, who kind of takes that next step and maybe then pushes themselves in consideration to be one of those first 32 selections, you know, on night one, round one of the 2020 NFL draft. So, let's get right into the first tight end prospect. I, again, we just go alphabetical here. I will share my rankings a little bit towards the end of the show today. Uh, but right at the top, first tight end I want to talk about is Jacob Breland out of Oregon. He's a senior. He's six foot five, 221 pounds. Last year, he had 24 receptions for 377 yards and two touchdowns. So, Interesting player here, Jacob Breland. I think he is a complementary or depth pass catching tight end at the next level. I think you got he's got to play detached from the line, move a, as a move tight end, maybe in the slot or an H back. I mean, two twenty one. He's going to have to add weight to that frame and at least get into the mid two thirties probably if he's even going to be classified at a tight end at the next level. So you're even if so. We're talking about detached in motion, maybe in the slot as a big slot or even as an h back. I think we're talking about a day three type talent, especially with those question marks about his frame areas that i wanna i worry a little bit about him already talked about he's got to add more frame, more muscle to his his frame that he's playing with his blocking ability. He is not a guy who you're going to be able to ask to line up in line, hold the point of attack. He's not going to be effective in that regards. Probably can't have him in on straight running down plays. His overall play strength and even in terms of his route running and route tree, I think his route tree is something that is still developing. And I think his route run is probably functional to average. So I I do think he's okay in that regards, but I think. They're out running his athleticism, his speed, his separation quickness. I think they're all functional. I think they're, I think they're okay. I think they're average to above average in that regards. To me, where he wins and his calling card is his length and catch radius allows him to high point the ball well and win in contested situations. His versatility to line up in different positions and formations allows him to create mismatches in the pass game at the collegiate level. To me, he has to. He shows the ability to get vertical and attack the seam, and he's got good hands to catch the ball away from his body. So that's Jacob Breeland. be interesting to see. Justin Herbert came back this year, what he does this year, and I really think for him it's going to be so important to continue to show that pass catching capabilities but to add weight and and more muscle to that frame of his, or I'm not sure it is going to be a clear, defined role for him at the next level. Second tight end I want to talk about is Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlanta University. He's a senior. He's six foot five. He's 225 pounds. Last year, he caught 45 passes for 662 yards and four touchdowns. Very interested in Harrison Bryant as a prospect. I know he's coming from a lower level of competition. So that's something, you know, that we obviously, you know, got to keep an eye on. He's got to add muscle and weight to that frame as well. He can't be testing in the combine and the pre-draft process at 225. He's going to have to get up into that mid-230s as well. Didn't really see him too much in contested catch situations. He's not going to be a guy that you could ask to block or hold the point of attack. But what he can be at the next level, to me, he's a complimentary would upside it up into starter in exclusively a pass-catching role. That's what I see for him. I think he could immediately be a weapon in the pass game, and I think he's got the upside to develop into a starter if he's used exclusively in a pass-catching role. Where he fits at the next level, he's got to be detached. He's got to be in motion, move tight end, big slot. To me, he could potentially push himself into a late day two mix if he tests well in the pre-draft process and has a strong senior year to close out his collegiate career. Things that I really like about him, he's got the size, we already talked about the frame, the athleticism, good to very good athleticism and movement skills to consistently pick up yards after the catch and create mismatches versus safeties or linebackers. I see average to above average route running and good separation quickness in his routes. I see great size, length, and catch radius that enables him to extend and high point the ball well. To me, he's a guy who can attack the seam. He can pick up yards after the catch. He's, he's got good length, and he's got production on tape, which is something that I like to see from the tight end position. But he's got to continue to refine his route running Get a little bit stronger in terms of his play strength, and then he's got to add to that frame to make sure he's at least meet some of the thresholds if he's going to be classified as a tight end at the next level. So intrigued by Harrison Bryant, the Florida Atlantic product. Let's go to another Bryant, but this time Hunter Bryant, who's from Washington. He's a junior. He's six foot two. He's two hundred and forty one pounds. Last year, due to injury, he only had 11 receptions, 238 yards, and one touchdown. Really intrigued by Hunter Bryant. Now, you have to mostly go back to his freshman film, and there's not a lot of it out there, but you got to go back to his freshman film to break down this prospect. To me, this is, well, this is an Evan Ingram type prospect, in my opinion, in terms of his stature, in terms of how he plays in terms of what his role could be at the next level. You want to take Evan Ingram, you want to take Jordan Reed somewhere in between there. We'll find out about his complete athletic testing when the time comes to me, he's a complimentary or starting tight end used almost exclusively off the line and pass catching roles. That's going to be his role at the next level. He's got to be detached. He's got to be in the slot. He's got to be in motion. He's got to be moving around. I think he's a day two prospect and, A very good to great athleticism and movement skills, create mismatches consistently against linebackers or safeties, can be a big weapon after the catch and pick up chunk yards after the reception. While undersized, I think he has good body control and the ability to go up and high point the ball while in contested catch situations. I think his route running is average to above average, but I love the separation quickness to get open. I think it could be a factor in the short to intermediate parts of the field, making plays after the catch, but could also attack the field uh, vertically and it can attack the seam. So it could be a big play weapon. Brady talked about it a little bit. Things that concerning hit the six foot two, obviously nothing he can do about that prototype tight end. You like it to be a little bit taller than that, but not too much of a knock there. Durability he has got to show that he can stay on the field and be healthy. His blocking and his length. Those are some issues with him. I think the blocking, he's just got to show he can be adequate and mostly out in space. I don't think he's a guy who's going to be inside on the line, holding the point of attack in the run game. I, don't, I just don't envision that scenario for Hunter Bryant moving forward. So if this year, I think he can lead the Huskies in receptions and receiving this year. And I think he could be a big riser in the tight end position. If he can stay healthy this year, because I think he's going to test well athletically. His receiving skills are difference making type skills. That's what NFL teams are looking for and are intrigued by. So, Hunter Bryan, one of my favorite tight end prospects in this upcoming 2020 class. Let's take this to the next prospect out of BYU, and that's Matt Bushman. He's a junior. He's six foot five, he's 245 pounds. He had a productive sophomore year, 29 receptions, 511 yards. And two touchdowns. I think he's a depth or complementary tight end in, in mostly a pass catching role. I think detached or in line. I think are are two places. So he's got the size and frame that he could at least line up in line. But I do mostly think his calling card is going to be his pass catching ability. I think he's a deep-three prospect. Obviously, things that I like about him, he's got the prototype size in terms of six foot five. I think his frame is is good enough at two forty five. You know more than more than you know more than enough weight there to hold his own. I think his athleticism is good, and so is his movement skills. I think he creates separation in his route running and can pick up yards after the catch. I love his length. I think that's one of his calling cards: great length and size, with the ability to consistently high point the ball well in contested catch situations. I think he shows good body control, ball skills, and the ability to adjust to passes. He's got to develop and continue to show growth in his overall play strength in terms of his blocking and holding the point of attack. And also, I think right now his route running, his route tree understanding are probably functional. I'd like to see him take a little bit more and show a little bit more variety in that as well. But Bushman is a guy who I think could declare early. We'll see how, how this season goes. But I do think he's a prospect that could intrigue NFL teams You know, in the round four, round five, round six range on day three. Next up is Grant Calcaterra out of Oklahoma. He's a junior. He's six foot three, two hundred thirty-four pounds. Last year, he had twenty-six receptions for three hundred ninety-six yards and six touchdowns. To me, this is a complimentary to starting tight end in exclusively a pass-catching role. He can be a weapon at the next level. He's basically a wide receiver playing tight end. He's got to line up detached or in the slot. You can put him outside a little bit. You got to keep him in motion. You got to keep him off the line because that is not going to cater to Calcaterra's strengths. To me, he's a day two prospect, but I can see him possibly intriguing NFL teams to the point where some teams could think about him as a late round one guy. Overall, he's got great athleticism, speed, quickness, and movement skills to create easy separation in his route running and create mismatches all over the field. He has good length combined with very good body control and ball skills to adjust the passes when needed. Consistently can attack the seam and get vertical, but also a weapon after the catch in the short to intermediate range. What has he got to work on? He's got to continue to expand his routery a little bit. Right now, I think it's functional. I think he can continue to work at that. But then the real developmental areas and concerns are the holding the point of attack when he's asked to block. If he's asked to block, his overall play strength and his frame—he's got to get that frame up, probably to the mid two forties, two forty-five or so. I think he's probably what his ideal weight needs to be for the NFL. But Calcaterra is a, a guy who could be a big-time weapon at the NFL level, and you're going to see him this year be one of Jalen Hurts' go-to targets in that Oklahoma offense. If he's not targeting CD Lamb and the collection of other wide receivers he has, but I do think Calcaterra could potentially be in line for a step up in production this year and be a guy that Jalen Hurts looks to and relies on for big plays. And I think Calcaterra can deliver in that regards. So he's a guy at the top of my tight end board. Again, I'll get to those rankings a little bit later in the show, but really like Calcaterra as well. Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. He's a redshirt sophomore. He's six foot five, 239 pounds. Last year, he had a really productive redshirt freshman season. He caught 36 receptions for 456 yards and four touchdowns. To me, he's a complimentary pass catching tight end who could develop into a starter in a predominantly pass catching role. Similar to what I said about a bunch of other guys in this class. I think his best spots are detached a move tight end type, in the slot, or even as an H-back. I don't think he's a guy who's going to consistently be lined up in line. Could he continue to add more size and strength to his frame and maybe push to be 245 or 250 by the time he gets to the NFL? Sure. So he could potentially play a little bit in line as well, but I do not think blocking, play strength, point holding the point of attack, I don't think those are areas that are going to help him in regards to his overall draft pedigree. For him, I think it's good to very good route runner with good understanding of route concepts, knows how to create space at the catch point. He wins contested catches regularly with his size, his length, ball skills, ability to extend and a high point at the catch point. He has good to very good hands, allows him to catch the ball away from his body easily, and he's got above average athleticism, speed, and separation quickness. I had a conversation with a good friend of the show, Thor Nystrom, at a Roto world, and he even says he thinks his athleticism, and if you look at his high school testing, his athleticism was through through the roof. So it's possible that where I have him as above average athleticism, speed and separation quickness, that's what I saw on the field in terms of his, his. Play level athleticism. Testing wise, he might test out as an elite athlete or a really good athlete or a great athlete. But on the field, I thought I saw a guy based on his speed and quickness and his ability to get in and out of his routes. I thought I saw above average athleticism. But that's something I'm I'm really excited to go back and watch and dig in a little further now that I I've seen how good he tested athletically. Coming out of high school and going into college, he was one of the top spark level high school tight end prospects. So he might even have more athleticism than than I saw when watching his film as well. I think he's a day two type prospect. It'll be interesting to see if he declares early. He's only a redshirt sophomore, so he could definitely go back. You know, for another year, maybe even two. But you know, we'll see if he he decides to come out. Probably a lot will be based on how he performs this year. But there's a lot to like about Jake Ferguson as well right now. Next up is Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue. He's a senior. He's six foot five, 245 pounds. Last year, he had 34 receptions, 583 yards, and two touchdowns. No player pleasantly surprised me more when watching the tight end position than Hopkins. I came away really impressed with him. I think he's a complimentary tight end with the upside to develop into a starter, again, in a pass catching role. I think, again, you don't want to just put him on the line. I think you want to have him detached, moving around in the slot. I think but I think he's got some day 2 type talent. That's what how much I like about Hopkins. So it'd be really interesting to kind of see what the NFL thinks of him because he's a guy who I don't think is generating a lot of buzz, but I think he should be generating more than than he is right now. So, you know, NFL might look at him as a day 3 guy. I think he should be a day 2 guy or early day 3 guy at the absolute uh, worse, but I'm really intrigued by a couple of things with him. Good to very good athleticism, separation, quickness, movement skills to consistently make plays after the catch. So he's the guy who can pick up the yak, the yards after the catch. So important in today's game. To me, that separation quickness is combined with average to, to above average route running. So I think that helps his game. That athleticism combined with the route running that that I see from him, to me, makes him a really intriguing prospect. To me, he's got good size and length. He can consistently high point the ball well. He shows good body control. The ability to extend and adjust the passes I like as well. Like many of these prospects we're talking about today, Where has he got to work on things that I want to see improvement on? His blocking, holding the point of attack. He also, I think, has to expand his route tree. Well, I think he's a average to above average route runner. I think he needs to expand his route tree and show a little bit more versatility and diversify his route running a little bit to to basically meet the standards that he'd probably be asked to do at the NFL level. But he's a guy who surprised me when I watched him, and I, I walked away thinking this guy could have top 100 talent. So Bryson Hopkins is a guy to keep a close eye on this upcoming year as a senior. Keep this going. A, a Debbie Darling, we'll call him. I feel like we've been talking about him here at Saturday, Sunday for a while. And most Debbie people have as well. Cole Komet, the junior tight end out of Notre Dame, six foot six, 258 pounds. Last year only caught 15 receptions for 162 yards. This guy is all about upside and potential. He has not hit that level yet, but he is, he is oozing with the upside and potential. So I think that's what makes him such an intriguing prospect. I think right now when I look at him, I see a complimentary tight end with the upside to develop into a potential starting tight end down the line. I think he's a little bit of a combo guy. I think he can play in line. He could also play detached. He can be a good pass catcher, but this guy's got the legitimate size and frame to hold up in line. We haven't said that about too many guys today. Things that I like about his game. Uses his great size and frame to create space at the catch point. While he has limited production receiving at the collegiate level when you watch him play he uses that size and frame to his advantage something that's very important i think he's got very good the great athleticism for his size combined with great jumping ability and the ability to high point the ball well to win contested catches his length and catch radius are great his hands are good to me i see average to above average blocking and play strength to already be a factor in the pass and run blocking departments Where's he got to work on overall Play strength, holding the point of attack, I think are functional. I think he continue to show growth at that as well to make it a full-blown strength. Also, in terms of developmental, we got to see more production. He's got to take a step further this year and show better production at the college game. I'd like to see more durability. He's had some injuries throughout his uh, college career that have dinged him and have kept him on the sidelines. And we need to see him expand his route running and expand his route trade. I think that's really important uh, for Cole Komet this year. So another guy could be a guy that stays for a senior year, but if he has a breakout junior season here, would not be surprised to see Cole Komet make a move to the NFL. Notre Dame tight ends have had success at the next level. They are looked at highly when coming to the league. Cole Komet could be the next one in line of those Notre Dame tight ends. Keeping this going, next up is Joey Magnifico from Memphis. He's a senior. He's 6'4", 235 pounds. Last year, he had 21 receptions for 363 yards and five touchdowns. Like many guys tonight, first area of concern for me, he's got to add to that frame. To me, he looked really small when I watched him play. That I wonder if that 235 number... Uh, you know, is something, you know, that, you know, is not even appropriate. I think he's got to continue to add to that frame. So that's a concern to me. He, he's got to show better blocking. He's got to show a more expanded route tree. But things that I do think he does well, I think he has good hands with the ability to extend for passes away from his body. I, I think he's got average athleticism, movement skills, and separation quickness in his routes and to pick up yards after the catch. To me, I like his versatility a lot. He can line up detached. He can line up in line. He could be in motion or as an H-back. So you could do a lot of different things with him. He could play a variety of roles to maybe save a roster spot. While he needs to add more muscle and weight to his frame, I do think he shows average play strength, physicality, and toughness. To me, he's a complementary or depth tight end uh, pass catching role or potentially an H-back. So Dave Reed, Late day, free type prospect is. I think we're what we're looking at there, uh, you know, for Magnifico. So let's keep this going. Next up is Sean McKeon out of Michigan. He's a senior. He's six foot five, two hundred and fifty one pounds. Last year he had fourteen receptions for one hundred and twenty two yards and one touchdown. Right off the bat, some things that. Stand out about McKeen that are intriguing. That size and frame. We haven't talked about a lot of guys that checked off those boxes tonight. McKean has the size and the frame at six foot five, two fifty one. He could probably add some more weight as well to that. Overall, I think it allows him to play in line, and he's as and he's already an average to above average blocker. So that's something right off the bat. He's got the great size and frame. He can play in line. He can hold the point of attack and he already shows average to above-average blocking capabilities. His length and catch radius are really good, shows the ability to extend and high point the ball well in contested catch situations. And for a man his size, I think he's got good to very good athleticism, seen with his movement skills, his straight line speed, and overall quickness. He's got to work on, he's got to show better production. That's important this year for him at Michigan. He's got to expand his route tree, refine his route running, his crispness, uh, Crispness, separation, quickness are things that he's got to consistently work on. To me, he's adept to complementary third or second tight end at the next level. In, I think he's a guy who can be a combo tight end. He can be detached. He can play in line. I think he's a, a, a day three, a late day three type talent to maybe work his way up in the future. Keeping this going, C.J. O'Grady out of Arkansas. He's a redshirt senior. He's six foot four, two 251 pounds. I talked before about Hopkins being the guy who most pleasantly surprised me. O'Grady was second in that regard. Last year, he had 30 receptions for 400 yards and six touchdowns. Things that I like about him right off the bat, above average athleticism, movement skills, and separation quickness in his routes and yards after the catch ability. He's got good size and frame. It allows him to create space at the catch point in contested catch situations. I think it's so important for a tight end to know how to use his body and use his frame to create that late ability to separate even if a guy's on him and playing him well. I think that's really important and O'Grady does that. I like his hands and his length with the ability to extend and high point the ball well. He's versatile like I talked about some other guys. He can line up in line due to his average blocking skills and play strength or he can Lineup detached with his good pass catching skills. Some areas of concern. He's had some off the field issues. He's got to make sure that's behind him. He's got to continue to show expansion of his route tree. But this is the guy who I think probably a day three guy. But I think he could even have some talent wise alone. Could even be a a late day two guy, but I think with somebody off the field stuff, we're probably looking at a day three guy. I, I think his NFL role is a complimentary tight end with the upside that can play pass catching role and hold up in line as well. So, O'Grady is a guy who I'm intrigued by, and I really kind of excited to see him this year as well because I do think he could be a big time red zone threat. There's a lot to like of his game overall, O'Grady. So, I'm keeping a close eye on him. He's a guy who thinks flying under the radar. Next up is the big guy from Missouri, Albert Okebunam. He's the red shirt junior, he's six foot five. 255 pounds. We'll call him Albert O last year. He had 43 receptions for 466 yards and six touchdowns. I think a lot of people thought he might've even came out last year. People seem to be very all over the place on, on him. Some look at him as a first round, early second round talent. Some think He's a day three type guy. I'm more in, I think he's a day two type talent. I think he's got the capabilities to be a starting tight end at the next level. I, I like his scheme versatility. I think he can be a combo guy. I think he's big enough and can hold up enough in line, but you could also line him up detached, maybe even at times in the slot uh, for a certain type of play. I think he's got day two type talent. That's what I think about him. I, I think he's got great size and frame with average play strength to create space at the catch point. He uses his size and frame well to box out defenders and out-muscle them. He's got great catch radius with his length, ability to extend and go up and get the ball. He can get vertical and attack the seam. He creates mismatches all over the field and especially near the goal line. He's versatile, like I mentioned, to line up in variety of spots, the slot, detach, outside, or in line. He's got great body control to show the ability to adjust, to make catches in contested situations. And I think his athleticism is good to very good athleticism. Maybe his straight line speed is only average and the separation quickness in his route running. But overall, I think he's got good to very good athleticism, and he's got enough speed and enough separation quickness in his route running. Things that I'd like to see him improve upon this year, I think his yards after the catch ability, his agility, his his change of directions when he's in space, I think is an area that I think he's more straight line fast than side-to-side side lateral movements, that agility, the yards after the catch. I think he's got to continue to refine his blocking techniques. So those are some things that I'm looking forward to this year. But I think he's one of the top tight end prospects in the class. I think he is easily should be in people's top four, top fives. I think he's probably on his way for having a successful redshirt junior year. I'd expect him to come out and declare. And I think he's he's a top 100 type talent. Uh, So I'd be surprised if the NFL is not intrigued with what he could potentially bring to the table. Next up is the junior out of Stanford, Colby Parkinson. He's six foot seven, 240 pounds, 29 receptions, 485 yards, and seven touchdowns. There might not be another player whose ceiling and upside is higher than Colby Parkinson's. This could be a guy that has a mediocre rise, could push his way to potentially being a round one type prospect in terms of the NFL eyes. I think he's. NFL role could be a starting tight end, but again, almost exclusively in a pass catching role with the upside and potential to maybe develop into a complete tight end down the line if he adds more muscle, more weight to that frame, better play strength. Right now, I think he's a guy who could be detached put him in motion, move him around. But I do think if he can grow into his frame, he's also could potentially work in line as well. And that's what makes him such an intriguing prospect with the highest ceiling uh, of probably just about anybody. So we already talked about some areas of concern. He's got to continue to add to his frame. He's got to show the ability to be a better blocker, hold the point of attack well, and increase his play strength. But the things he does well, very good to great athleticism for a man who's six foot seven. I think he's got above average speed and yards after the catch ability. Elite size with length, catch radius, and the ability to high point the ball well in contested catch situations. He is a mismatch nightmare for opposing defenses. He combines that athleticism and that length with great body control and the ability to adjust the passes outside of his frame, and he's got good hands to make the catch away from his body. I think right now his route running and understanding route concepts is probably average, but I think there is room to grow there as well. He is one of the more intriguing tight end prospects in the entire class because of just how high his ceiling is. And he could be a guy that could easily be tight end one in this class if he continues to show the growth and improvement that I expect from him and take the next step this year. So Colby Parkinson is a guy who I think arrow pointing up and it might just keep climbing up to eventually he might even be looked at as tight end one in this class and potentially a first-round prospect as well. Next up, the senior out of Vanderbilt, Jared Pinckney. He's six foot four. He's 255 pounds. So fi- another guy here to add to the mix of those pass catchers only a little bit more of a combo guy here. Last year, he had a very productive season with 50 receptions, 774 yards and seven touchdowns. When I looked at him, I saw a complimentary tight end, but with the upside to develop into a starter at the next level. Like I said, he can. He's a guy who can line up in line. You can line him up detached. He can be a combo tight end. You want him to block? He can block. You want you want him to catch passes? He can catch passes. I think the NFL will like that about him. I could see him sneaking into the top one hundred, being a late day two pick. If he if he doesn't, because maybe if he doesn't test as well, maybe he goes early day three. But I do think the NFL will be intrigued with his overall skill set and potentially have a legitimate shot to be a late day two guy. Things that I like about him overall, he uses his good size and frame, play strength and physicality to create that space at the top of his routes and at the catch point to win in contested catches, situations, good to very good length and catch radius. He combines that with good hands to catch the ball away from his body regularly. He's got good body control with the ability to adjust the passes outside of his frame. I think his overall athleticism and speed are probably average. They're functional with room to grow. Same thing about his overall blocking, but that's okay right now. The things that I want to see from him and I, and I think will make or break if he's a top 100 guy or he's a guy who goes on day three. He's got to show more refinement in his route running and not just show that he can win at the catch point with his size and frame. He's got to show better separation quickness, which kind of goes hand in hand with that route running. And then he's got to show overall that the ability for him to be a weapon after the catch and be a guy who could at least be functional in picking up yards after the catch. I think that's so critical at tight ends at the next level right now. Most NFL teams aren't looking for tight ends that, you know, get seven yards. You know, and that's where they catch the ball and they go down. They want guys who could be a little bit bigger play threats, you know, potentially being their starters. So I think those are the areas for Pinckney that he needs to show growth and development in this year. But overall, I think he's a guy who could push his way into top 100. I think he's a guy the NFL will like his, his size and his frame and his versatile, versatility to be a blocker and a pass catcher. Next up is Mitchell Wilcox. He's our final tight end that we're going to talk about tonight. Obviously he's from USF. Most people thought he was going to come out last year. He's a senior. He's six foot five, 245 pounds. Last year he caught 43 passes for 540 yards and two touchdowns. That two touchdowns is glaring because for a guy who is as involved as he was, who's got the size and got, average frame, you would you would think he'd have been more of a red zone weapon. So I think that's something that he needs to show more of this year, that he can be a, a playmaker and he can be a guy who can be looked at as a potential red zone weapon for his quarterback. I think that's something that I'm definitely looking forward to this year. What I see about him for the future, similar to Pinckney, I think late day two, day three type prospect. I think he's a complimentary pass catching tight end with the upside to possibly develop into a starting tight end. I think he's best in detached from the line, in the slot, or as a move tight end. Overall, I think he's got great size, catch radius, and the ability to extend to consistently win contested catch situations. To me, he shows good body control with the ability to adjust to passes outside of his frame. I think he's a good route runner with an understanding of how to create enough space to consistently be open. He can attack the seam well, and he shows good toughness to make catches in traffic over the middle of the field. In that regard, he's a quarterback's best friend. He's a keep-the-chains-first-down type mover. Some things that I want to see him show a little bit of growth and development in this year he not much after the catch. So his yards after the catch ability he has to show that he can do enough of that. Like I was talking about with Pinkney. It's so important. The next level, his overall agility change of direction, I think is a little bit of a concern. His blocking, you know his technique, I should say more in blocking. I think his play strength is adequate. It's functional, but I think his blocking techniques have to be refined a little bit uh, to continue to show improvement in terms of his overall play strength and and overall blocking ability. I do think his athleticism is is about average. Same thing with his speed. He's that's okay for him in terms of how he wins. I'm okay with that, but I need to see a little bit more from him uh, after the catch and just kind of, you know, show a little bit more. I, I don't think he's a guy who's going to be a slam dunk. I don't think he's a round one or round two guy. I don't think he's going to test well at the combine. I think he'll be test average. I think he's a guy who could push into the back end of the top 100. Uh, is a solid player. would be interesting to see how he performs this year and kind of see if he pushes himself up a little bit or, or kind of settles in as, as a day three type prospect. But I do think he's got a legitimate shot to be a top 100 guy. So there it is, guys the tight ends that I, I've had a chance to watch. I think there's a lot of intriguing ones. I really do. I think there's a couple that can push for around one. I think there's a couple that are locked in probably for day two, provided nothing crazy happens this year. And then I think there's a handful of others that are kind of on that border that this upcoming season could potentially either make them top 100 guys or push them into day three. And obviously some of these guys might not come out. So that always lingers as well as something that we got to watch closely. But like I said, in the, like I said at the top, it's an intriguing class. It's not last year. There's no TJ Hawkinson, no a fan. And I don't even know there's an Irv Smith, because if you're a regular listener to the show, you know how big of a fan I was of Irv Smith. But after you take those guys out of this past year's class, I still thought it was an interesting class. We still had the Jay Sternbergers of the world. We still had the Dawson Knoxes of the world. We still had the Cahale Warrens. We had those guys. I think you know we had the Josh Olivers. I think there's a bunch of guys in this class that can be looked at in the same regard or higher than the Olivers, the Knoxes, the Sternbergers, and the Warrens. And if that's the case you know, we are going to have a bunch of guys go on day two and you're going to have maybe one or two of them could push their way, but it's a strong, deep class this year. So I'm not sure a lot of top end talent at other positions, if anyone gets in the round one mix, but I do think there's some names, but I do think a lot of these guys are comparable to that second wave of tight ends that we just saw. And a lot of them, you know, all of them, all those guys I just mentioned all went in the top 100, all went on day two of the NFL draft in rounds two and three. So I think there's a handful of guys four or five guys that can go in that mix and there's even a couple of more that can push their way into that mix as well. so it doesn't have that top level talent but I do think there's talent here and I do think there's guys that if you are intrigued by like I said the sternbergers the Olivers the Knoxes and the Warrens of the world, you're gonna like some of the guys you see here. a lot of them are more in the past catching mold but I think that's okay too because that's just kind of a wave of the future it, you know it is it is what it is a little bit. so with that said, here are my top 15 tight ends. I, I checked out 15 tight end prospects. I think tight end rankings probably move and adjust more than almost any other position as I watch more of them, you know, uh, during their season as they become, you know, as they get ready for the NFL draft. But this is where I stand right now you know, based on what I saw. Now, some of these guys, there was limited film. And, you know, I'm, I'm stretching a little bit based on what I saw. But if what I saw is what I think they can do at the next level is what makes me intriguing. And I say that because number one on my list is Hunter Bryan out of Washington. If you watch his freshman film, I think you look at a player that could be an explosive playmaker at the next level. I already said, think Jordan Reed, think Evan Ingram. That's what I think Hunter Bryant could be at the next level. So he sits right there, number one. But right on, right underneath him at number two is Grant Calcaterra. I think they're basically one, two, interchangeable. I think Grant Calcaterra, I think, uh, think a more athletic version of Mark Andrews, who's starting to kind of come into his own – Everyone looks at him right now as potential breakout in year two for the Baltimore Ravens. Think the old school, the way the Colts used Dallas Clark back in the day, they didn't really ask him to block too much in line. You know, when he was there with Peyton Manning, you know, he was a little bit of a different body type than, than Calcaterra. But in terms of the role, I think Calcaterra can be that guy. He can attack vertically down the field. He can be used off of the line. I like Calcaterra a lot. So they're my one, two at the top of the tight end class. Number three, I talked about him a lot before, Colby Parkinson out of Stanford. The upside in the ceiling, he can easily move to the top of this list. Uh, by the time it's all said and done, as we're getting ready for the 2020 draft, you know, months and months out. So Parkinson is number three and number four, Albert O out of Missouri. Okay. I think he's a guy who I, I said before, top five guy. I think he's a top 100 type talent. I'm, I'm in on Albert O. Number five, I have Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue, The guy who I said most pleasantly surprised me. I did not go in expecting a lot, and I walked away thinking this guy had top 100 type talent. So Bryson Hopkins is a guy sitting at number five for me. Number six, Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. Talked a little bit about him before. Redshirt sophomore, has a lot of room to continue to grow and develop and potentially even way more athletic than what I, I saw on film. So his arrow could be pointing way up. Number seven, Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic. Love his pass catching capabilities like I talked about before. I think he's a guy who could very much be in the top 100 mix. And then the next couple guys at number eight is Jared Pinkney. Number nine is Mitchell Wilcox. I talked about those two guys towards the back end of the, the profiles. I think both of those guys are late day two, early day three type guys that could push their way. I think for them, athletic testing is going to be really important. You know, at this time last year, we were talking about guys like Caden Smith and uh, Isaac Nauta. And then look where those guys ended up falling in the draft. I think guys like Pinckney and Wilcox, very much like those guys last year, they have production, they have ball skills, they have the size and frame you're looking for, but I think for them, the athleticism, separation quickness is going to be so important we saw Kaden Smith, we saw Isaac Nauta really struggle at the Combine, and I think it was glaring that they were lacking the athleticism that I think NFL teams are looking for now from the tight end, and that's why they fell. So I think for Pinkney and Wilcox, the testing and the Combine are going to be so important for those guys when it comes to that because I think that will make or break whether or not they're top 100 guys or they're day three type guys. At number 10, I have CJ O'Grady out of Arkansas. I already talked about it. I think he's got top 100 talent, but with his off the field stuff from the past, I think he probably goes day three. Cole Komet out of Notre Dame. I think he's a guy who, with a good year, could be a riser and could push his way into the top 100 mix. Number 12 is Matt Bushman out of BYU. Number 13 is Jacob Breland out of Oregon. Number 14 is Sean McKean out of Michigan. And number 15 is Joey Magnifico out of Memphis. When I look at this list... I think the top four guys on my list are the guys who I think could potentially push to back of round one. Hunter Bryant, Grant Calcaterra, Colby Parkinson, Albert O. I think those are the four guys who could potentially, if they have a strong year followed by a strong pre-draft process, I think one of them could slip into round one, but I think more of those guys, I look at those guys and see day two type prospects locked in. And then I I look at Hopkins and Ferguson and Harrison Bryant. I think those guys are guys that could go on day 2 and then the Jared Pinkney and the Mitchell Wilcoxes are the will see on the border of round, you know, late day 2, day 3. So Listen, there's nine guys here. I not all nine of those guys are going to go in the top 100, that's for sure, but could we have five or six? Yeah, I think we could. We'll see if all nine, you know, we'll see how many of these guys declare and stuff like that. Things a lot changes, but I do think we could have one or two push for late round one, but I think we could see a bunch on night 2 of the NFL draft. Um, and I think there's a a bunch of them that are worthy of that. So that's kind of the way too early, you know, thoughts on the 2020 tight end class guys. It's a blast doing these shows. These really are Matt and I's favorite shows to do for you, breaking down these guys before they start their, their draft eligible year to kind of you know write full profiles on these guys for the the scouting notebooks and then adjust add guys to it modify it do big updates after the season re-rank them you know during the year and then obviously after the season as well in preparation for the 2020 NFL draft if you've been enjoying these positional preview shows like i said at the top please go back and listen to the two running back ones and the two quarterback ones they really did give you a snapshot we talked about 18 quarterback prospects over those two podcasts plus a watch list of underclassmen my top 15 quarterback rankings at the moment for the running backs. We talked about 29 running backs. I get, I shared my rankings in the top 15 as well. Matt gave an underclassman watch list of the great running backs as well. And then now the tight ends guys, if you're liking this stuff, Please consider at the end of the month, early September, when the new series of premium notebooks come out, to purchase it. You know, we doubled our sales from last year. We greatly appreciate that. We hope the people who bought it all come back uh, and give it a try again, and hopefully buy it even earlier. We had a lot of people last year who bought it. You know, during the season and then in the pre-draft months, and even after the NFL draft, we had a lot of purchases. You know, from January through May, even some recently in the summer as well. Uh, for people who want it. But hopefully people those people liked it enough to consider buying it right at the top. That really does help us out a lot. And you just get better you get more access to it from the beginning. The The premium notebooks start with two right at the top. You get the rankings notebook, which will have my draft eligible rankings. It'll have our dynasty rookie rankings for the 2019 class. It'll have our Debbie rankings. It'll have the incoming freshman rankings, you know, and then obviously during the pre-draft months, we do our tiers. We break it down to just draft prospect rankings. Uh, so so much goes into the rankings notebook. The rankings notebook itself uh, is really worth uh, the investment. And then also right at the top, you get the scouting notebook, and that's all our thoughts that we've been sharing on these prospects in these positional preview shows. They they're all and more depth in the the scouting notebook, the 2020 scouting notebook. But the beauty of the notebook notebook form that we've put together is we will add we will adapt we will modify it's not a stale document that that's our final take and it never adjusts and changes we'll make changes during the year when we're watching a game and we see something you know I'll be watching a game and I'll see something i'll be like wow that looks a lot better than what I watched last year you know that athleticism is an average it looks good or great you know his his hands look better his body control you know his vision for a running back his blocking for maybe a tight end so we'll make adjustments during the year and then, obviously, bigger updates and more updates at the end of the season when we really go back and and, and watch, uh, you know, their twenty nineteen film in depth and a little bit more closer than just watching the TV coverage. In addition, we add prospects. Like right now, there's fifteen tight ends. I'm sure I'll add another five to ten before the NFL draft. Right now, twenty nine running backs. I'm sure W five to 10 more. of those added quarterbacks. I already talked on the quarterback shows. I probably could have done another seven is the film was lacking. So there'll be more quarterbacks added. And then obviously such a deep wide receiver class, we haven't even gotten to yet. You know, there'll be probably 30 or more wide receiver profiles as well. And that's only two notebooks. You get, you get those two. And then in, uh, late March, to mid April you get the freshman notebook where Matt does player profiles on the top incoming freshman, and then you get the draft projections notebook as well, so you get all four of them for nine hundred ninety nine It is the best way to support. This show. So if you're liking these positional preview shows, we really hope in a couple of weeks when they go live, the new series of notebooks, you really consider purchasing it and purchasing it at the top so you can have access to it the entire college football season. Use it during Saturdays when you're watching games. If you want to see our takes on it, you can see our rankings updated all year in terms of Debbie and uh, our 2019 dynasty rookie rankings as they're doing it will make adjustments and modifications as you know they're performing in the NFL level, our draft eligible rankings, all of them updated throughout the season, regularly, probably every week or every two weeks those are updated. So please consider purchasing that. So on behalf of Matt, on behalf of our sound and tech engineer David Nicano and myself, thank you for joining us and we look forward to next time taking you from Saturday. To Sunday.